This is episode 18. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer turned personal trainer and coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story or a piece of advice from an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I want to try a little something different and talk to you about peak performance and what's known as the individual zone of optimal functioning. Chris Everett, an 18-time Grand Slam tennis champion, once said, Trying to articulate the zone is not easy because it's such an indescribable feeling. That moment doesn't happen often, and when it does happen, you feel like you're playing out of your head. It's a euphoric feeling. That feeling that whatever you touch turns to gold. Whatever you do, whatever decision you make on the court, whatever stroke or shot you try, you know it's going to work. Now, a lot of us spend a lot of time trying to reach exactly what Chris just described there, and that's known as, we like to call, the zone. I've been fortunate to experience this phenomenon throughout my athletic career on several occasions. It is nearly an indescribable state of being, and it's something athletes of all levels try to desperately reach uh, more times than not. So today I want to explore what exactly goes into peak performance, and how each individual may be able to find their zone of optimal functioning. Now, to get started, we must first talk about the three R's of performance. The first R is to recognize. How does the environment uh, impact your performance? Think of this as if you're approaching a traffic light, and before you choose a plan of action, you must first recognize what color that light is. You'll respond much differently if the light is green versus red, and you might have to make even more decisions if that light is yellow. The goal of today is to help you recognize what environments give you the green light. Now the second R is to release. Think of this as letting go of any tension and negative thoughts, a time to regain composure and establish your plan. This is that in-between time frame of recognizing the environment and choosing what your response is going to be. Think of this as your decision-making time. Most of us assess how we're feeling that day during the pre-competition warm-up or even the first few seconds of the actual competition itself and is mainly your ability to stay cool under pressure and not let negative self-talk, bad play, or other factors influence your performance. Now lastly, the last R is to respond. This is your time for action, your time to stop thinking and just do it. This is when you need to trust yourself and your preparation that has fueled your performance and just do what you got to do. Now, all three of those R's all play off of one another and they kind of form a cycle and they work continuously with each other throughout competitions, especially if you're in a team sport such as soccer, football, or basketball. Now, the first exercise that we're going to do today is I want you to go through as you're listening uh, and find your emotional profile. This can be done by identifying your best performance of your life. I want you to think about whatever athletic performance you have had up to this time and whatever identify whichever was, in your eyes, your best performance. Take a few minutes to write down or summarize the details of that performance, when and what the results were, and also write down how you felt before, during, and after that performance. Be sure to include what you were thinking for each of those moments as well. A quick example for myself, given my background in swimming has to be my 500 free at my conference championship meet my sophomore year. Some of you might have heard this story before, but I'm going to go into a little bit more detail here. 
prior to that race, I felt some pressure. Uh, that morning, I swam really well and actually was the top-seeded swimmer for that uh, final session out of prelims in the morning. Overall, I felt pretty confident and loose as I warmed up, even though I had that pressure of being the top seed. I remember walking out on deck with the sort of expectation to do something incredible because I had known I'd put together a great year of training. Um, I think referencing my first episode, if you guys have had a chance to listen to that, uh, you know I was dealing through a heart condition my first year, my freshman year. Uh, so my sophomore year was the first time that I, I didn't have any heart condition or anything impacting my training. So that I really fueled my confidence going into this race in particular. Now I remember diving into the race and feeling just really long and strong in the water. For the first about 100 or so, I really tuned into my breath, focused on the sound of the water around me, and almost allowed myself to totally tune out everything else. All other seven swimmers that were in that heat, it, they weren't there with me for that first bit of the race. It was just me and myself kind of focusing in on the things I could control. Now, about halfway through the race, I peeked in and looked around to notice I was a good bit behind the leaders of the field. But instead of like letting that negative thought creep into my head saying, hey, I'm not where I want to be right now, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm, I'm right on schedule here. I trusted the work that I had previously put in and I knew I could probably bring it home faster than anyone else in that field. Uh, which leads me to about 100 to go. I turned it on and gave it whatever it, I had at that moment, focusing on just picking off one person at a time in front of me. I didn't want to overcome everyone all at once, just pick that fifth place guy, that fourth place guy, third, second. Before I know it, I'm flipping with about a 25 left shoulder to shoulder with the leader of the race. And the only thought in my head at that moment was, all right, let's see who's willing to make this last length hurt. A little bit more. Who wants it more? Sure enough, I was able to get my hand on that wall first. Now that's just my example, uh, time of my life and my athletic career. Uh, that can apply to yours as well, or you know maybe something outside of athletics. It's really up to you and however you want to try to use the skill that you'll be learning here today. Now, as I can tell you, a lot goes in to just a four-minute window in my case, but that could be long or short depending on your sport. The second step to finding your ideal performance is to find the positive emotions that helped that performance. I want to lead off, read off a list of words here. They're going to be in sets, and I want you to choose which of those most resonate with you. And of those five that are your most powerful and connected to your performance, you're going to rate those on a scale of 0 to 10. 0 being not helpful at all and 10 being the most helpful to your performance. Now, your first set of words is going to be active, dynamic, energetic, and vigorous. Your second set is relaxed, comfortable, and easy. Your third set is calm, peaceful, unhurried, and quiet. For me, out of those sets, I had peaceful, and I ranked that out of five. Fourth set is confident, certain, and sure. I had confident that I ranked at a 10. Your fifth set is determined, set, settled, resolute. I had determined ranked out of 10 as well. Your sixth set of words is excited, thrilled, brave, bold, daring, and dashing. Your seventh set is inspired, motivated, stimulated. 
I had motivated there at a nine. Your last set here, set number eight, is lighthearted, carefree, nice, pleasant, and agreeable. I had carefree at about a five. So again, those five words for me were peaceful, confident, determined, motivated, and carefree. Now, take some time to go over those and find whatever words resonated the most with you. The follow-up set or example that we're going to go through here is we're going to do the same thing but with some negative emotions that might have helped your performance. Same rules as the first set. Your first set of words here are going to be afraid, fearful, scared, panicky. Second set is angry, aggressive, furious, violent. Third set is annoyed, irritated, distressed. Fourth set is anxious, apprehensive, and worried. I had anxious at about a six. Fifth set is concerned, alarmed, disturbed, dissatisfied. Sixth set is discouraged, dispirited, and depressed. Seventh set is doubtful, uncertain, indecisive, irresolute. Eighth set is helpless, unsafe, insecure, inactive, sluggish, and lazy. I actually had sluggish at about a two. Your ninth set is intense, fierce, jittery, nervous, uneasy, and restless. Your tenth set is tired, wary, exhausted, worn out. I had wary at about a two, um, mostly because it felt like I took a little while to get going in the race. Now again, I had anxious, sluggish, and wary. Those were my three. Uh, I couldn't really find two others, at least from negative emotions, that really helped my performance. Now, obviously, a lot more hindered my performance, but we'll get to that here in a little bit. Now, the fourth step or exercise that I want you to go through here is going to be to identify your worst ever performance. It's going to be the same rules as your best performance, only now you're thinking of obviously your worst ever athletic career moment. For me, I still remember mine from about eight years uh, ago. It was at Senior Champs in 2012. I wasn't feeling all too great in warm-ups, and I remember having the hardest time hitting my pace and kind of finding my feel for the water. It just felt kind of off right from the get-go. What really put the nail in the coffin for me, though, was while I was putting together my final preparations and talking to my coach for a pre-race pep talk, going over race strategy and all that, I go to tie my suit, and as I'm going to do so, (laughs) tying a tight knot, and all of a sudden the suit tie just snaps. Comes right out of the drawstring uh, waistband of the suit. And for those... Uh, of you who don't know, uh, it was a tech suit. For those of you non-swimmers, what that means is it's one of those super fancy suits and they take about 15, 20 minutes to put on. And uh, it's because they are, they are in fact, that tight. Uh, so because of when this happened to me, it was too close to my race to go and change into a new suit. I also didn't have a backup racing suit either. So being on the younger side of my career here, I totally kind of let that experience pre-meet throw my entire race off tried to make the most of it and still take my race out fast but i continued to let the fear of the suit falling down really get to me Uh, the suit itself was probably tight enough where i could have gotten away with a lot more than what i originally thought 
Uh, but I let that, you know, it was a rational fear, but I let that rational fear kind of limit my performance. And I look back on that race even to this day, and I look at it as a very large missed opportunity in my swimming career. Now, the fifth step is to go through those negative emotions list again, but this time I want you to circle the five that hindered your performance the most. For me, in the case of my worst performance ever, I had afraid ranked at a seven, angry ranked at a nine, worried ranked at an eight, alarmed ranked at a 10, and doubtful ranked at a seven. As you can see, those are not the greatest of thoughts to have running through your head and your mind when you're trying to perform at your best. Now, the sixth step that I want you to go through is to identify the positive emotions that might have hindered your worst performance ever. Refer back to that list earlier. If you need to run it back, go so, go and do so. Uh, the two, for me, were really lighthearted at seven and rapid at nine. I really kind of didn't give it my all going into the race and my mind was pretty much racing though still thinking about oh my god I can't believe this happened to me right before my race instead of making the most of it when it comes down to it think of how your individualized zone of optimal functioning works for you is it going to be different for practice versus competitions because it shouldn't be you should practice each and every day how you want to perform no matter what the level of competition is, whether it's an exhibition, preseason, competition, in-season, mid-season, or the end of the year, you should approach each and every one of those as an extra opportunity to get your preparation just right. Uh, now, for me, it was definitely the case where I had practice and competition as separate cases, but I learned you know, to have good practices under nearly any condition. I was then able to translate that to my competitions and minimize the amount of bad performances that I had throughout my career. The way I summed it up for my ideal state of being was that I wanted to feel a little bit anxious, yet calm and confident in myself. Much like how you'd want to feel on a date or going out to a party or something like that. That's kind of just a relatable piece of advice there for me. Yours might be a little bit different. Now, the biggest takeaway here is that your optimal functioning zone is going to be unique to you. You know, what works for me or some of the other guests that I've had on this podcast might not be what's right for you, and that's okay. I want you to use these exercises here. If, again, if you need to listen back a few times, go for it and find what, you know, is going on when you perform your best. As you continue to go through practice and competition, don't be afraid to keep a journal to highlight how you're feeling and what performance was like each day, depending on how you felt prior to that. It doesn't have to be just competitions. You can do this for practice as well. The more you are able to become aware of this and the more you'll be able to tap into this zone naturally. You won't have to think, oh, I have to do X, Y, and Z. It will just kind of happen. If you do this correctly, you'll be able to reach that much desired zone of elite athletes no matter what your current ability level is. So thanks so much for tuning in to a different style of episode. If you found this helpful, I'd love to hear from you. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send me a direct message on social media. I can be found at ccamp underscore fit. Love to hear from you guys. Tune in again next week as we have a surprise guest join us to talk more about their optimal functioning zone 
and tips they have for reaching it. Have a great week and happy training.